Hello there, Benedettiville. How's it going? My name's Blue. I'm one of the puppet correspondents for the podcast. You might remember me from uh, being really worried about trolls most of the time and interviewing some really cool people. Anyway, I'm just here at the beginning of the podcast this week to remind you all that Benedettiville is doing all kinds of cool summer camps. You can learn how to put together your own podcast and radio shows with them. You can do a story writing workshop. All sorts of cool stuff. You can check it out on the website at benedettiville.com or you can check it out at the Petaluma Arts Center website. That's PetalumaArtsCenter.org. It's going to be great. Hope you guys can join us. All right, all right, enough from me. Let's get on with the show. I'm Gio. I'm Jen. I'm Stella. Emmy's drawn a picture over there in the corner, but she's over there. You want to say hi, Emmy? Yeah, you kind of heard that a little bit, I hope. Um, thanks for tuning in with us this week, you guys. We have a rather incredible and unique show this week because we just got back from possibly uh, the planet Earth's most incredible and unique and singular vacation experience over this do, last do, week. Do, do, do. Yeah. And we might need to um, freshen up for people who weren't listening last week. Are going to need to be filled in here because even if they did listen last week, they might. Yeah. It's been a week. Yeah. yeah. So what Weeks happened? can erase your brains. Oh my goodness, Stella, you're speaking your dad's language with that right there. <laughs> so what happened at the end of our show last week was we had a new sponsor on our show, and it was um, Selma's Interdimensional Travel Agency. And we're going to play the ad so that you guys can experience with us the excitement that we felt last week. And then we'll continue the story from there. So here we are. Uh, let's, let's check in with the Interdimensional Travel Agency. Dimensional portals and teleport to anything you can imagine. 
The Davis family just got back from a relaxing week on the bank of the Volcanian Spocking River. The Volcanian River tastes just like cold sparkling lemonade. Also, they don't have mosquitoes in the They have flowers, and they taste just like fine jelly beans, all sweet, tangy, different colors. That's terrific. So, and done, Norman. Let me tell you, they signed up for one of our cruises. They chose the sailing the seas of life. For two weeks, they've been sailing on an air launch across the light of spectra. Now, that's a distant universe of only colors, lights, and swirling money. I can't tell you what it looks like because in this boring old version of Earth, we don't even have much of the colors you'll see in just one minute on the spectra air launch. There's a trip like that. It leads to Mars. For people who like Earth but just want more options, we'll take you in seven minutes to seven different dimensional possibilities of Earth. There's mammoth rides on frozen Earth. There's the human museum of the Earth that was colonized by robots. There's the Earth where everyone looks the same. There are only two dimensions an Earth of castles and dragons, an Earth of giant worms that live in warm cities. And tiny humans that tunnel on the dirt. I'm telling you, forget wrong, forget wrong, expand your mind, expand your mind, for space and time. Come see me, sell me, and my interdimensional travel agency. I'll take you somewhere worth Somewhere worth going? I would say the only places worth going, and an infinite number of places worth going. She really had me with the part about the dragons. That's when I really, my ears really perked up. I knew that. Yeah. Well. I perked up with the part about coffee, but I never heard a part about coffee. Yeah. I, well, we're going to get to that. We've had a really rough week here in terms of coffee. So, so once we heard that ad, at the end of the episode last week, I called straight in to Selma's uh, interdimensional travel agency, and I said, hey, we're a family of four. We're here, Ben and Daddyville. Can we do a one-week vacation if we each got to kind of pick the things that we like in, in the infinity of the universes and dimensions that she has access to? I'm sure we'd be able to find something that, that tickled each of our fancies. So we put together a package, and Selma said it was going to work out, and so we went down, and this last week, we have spent through four different dimensions, and the idea was we were going to record everything. We were going to bring our phones and we were going to record us ourselves when we were out on the adventure and bring the adventure back to you. We ran into Ideas are always great. Grand ideas. Uh, so some things worked out, some things didn't, but we are going to tell you everything about these adventures. And um, we'll begin with our trip to Selma's office because at this point in our adventure, our recording equipment was still functioning. Yeah, we were we were determined to be fantastic journalists yeah. for you on behalf of you know everyone listening yeah. and just really try to capture every step of the way. But um, well, it's been a rough week. Yeah, uh, also a great week, an amazing week. Yeah, yeah. But interdimensional travel can really you know take <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it's teleportation easy. is not right. easy. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's catch our, our listeners up with us. So here we are. Um, last week, when we went down to Selma's office, we recorded, and you can, you can kind of go along on this journey with us. Here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome back. We've, we've been home. We've packed our bags. We've got our suitcases, and we've come down to the offices of Selma's Interdimensional Travel Agency, which are really not easy to find. You, I mean, you're not going to find them unless you really know where to look. So... 
Uh, let's. You guys ready to go in? We almost got lost on the road. Yeah, it's you get lost. You took a bunch. that wrong turn. Yeah, well, it's not an easy place to find. That's what I'm saying. But we're here now is the important part. So let's yeah. go inside and talk to Selma. Before we get lost again. Yeah, please, quick, let's go in this door. what it sounds like when you teleport to a different dimension, folks. Wow, just hearing that actually kind of, kind of bring it back? brings it right back. That's yeah. so great. So uh, you, you, you heard there that she gave us these packets that had all the information, because when you're from a dimension, you don't always know what to expect, because it might look like Earth, but there are going to be things that are different. So she put together this very handy packet, and I think I forgot to read it every single time. Did I forget every single time? No, I don't think you forgot yes. every single time. But you at least did it like... One or two oh, minutes late. Three out of four yeah. times, and then a little bit late. Yeah. Yeah. Well, was, uh, anyway, I was late when we were on the trip, but I'd like to, for our listeners to explain now. So he, I, we still have our packet, and um, here's the information that we had heading into uh, Dimension 85YRTV, the planet Urgot, which was Emmy's request. She wanted to go somewhere that had a lot of candy. And so, you know, it's vacation. Let's indulge that. Uh, here was the information that she gave us. Uh, important information. First of all, for Earthlings, candy will rot your teeth. Too much sugar isn't good for you. The candy here is all natural, organic, and completely delicious. Conflicting messages right off the bat. Uh, there's nothing to eat on the planet Urgot that is not candy. So if you want normal food, you'll need to pack it. Which uh, would have been nice. To, it would have been nice <laughs> to have that little bit of information. You know, hey, uh, it really would have been. Um, <laughs> they also don't have coffee because coffee is not considered candy, which led to some problems later on. 
Uh, it's considered very rude. This is an important part. Very rude and even illegal to brush your teeth on ergot. Don't let anyone catch you brushing. Also, toothbrushes are illegal. Do not let them find a toothbrush. Um, watch out for molasses pits, sugar bugs. They're as big as small dogs. They'll try and eat your teeth. Uh, watch out for dehydration. There's so much sugar, and a lot of the water is actually just soda, so uh, it's hard to stay hydrated. Stay away from the caramel swamps. The salt lizards that live there are huge. They're ferocious. I mean, that's good information to have. Oh, really good information. I think yeah. a big part of this adventuring was, you know, when you think of something, you you idealize how we idealize things, and we think something's going to be so amazing and wonderful to, to go and live in Candyland, and we were ready to to have this and experience, this dream, and then, and then, it, and it was amazing, but, you know, there, there are certain things, realities, right, realities set if in. If you're trying to say that there was too much candy there, I'm going to respectfully disagree, Jen, because <laughs> there was just the right amount of candy in our No, diet. I'm not, I'm For not saying, wonderful days. there was not, an, the, I'm not yes. saying that anything against the candy or the, the, the kind, the flavors, the amount, I'm just saying that it would have been nice to have some water and a toothbrush. Yeah. And, the, well, and coffee, well, actually. We had our toothbrushes, truth be told, we just had to hide them. Right. Now, this was a really interesting thing. Um, we, while we were there, while our recording equipment was still working, we recorded this because we couldn't believe it. This is just so contrary to all of our parenting instincts. But uh, here is an actual ad that runs on the planet Ergot, and it runs probably every 10 or 15 minutes. They actually minutes. Like, pump it through yeah. the... They are serious about like, this stuff. Yeah. Give a listen. Do you think you've got what it takes? Cool beats. Are you dedicated to candy? Are you dedicated to public decency and order? surrounded by candy and you've brought your kids on this vacation to another dimension of all candy, it gets really hard not to brush your teeth. Yeah. And um, I, I think there is something, though, because I noticed the native people of the planet Ergot, they, they're kind of, they're crystal-like. They have the, just a, kind of a, a crystal-like coating. It coats their hair, their, they their have skin no kind of glitters. Yeah. And I actually think that the, the sugar even makes their, their teeth stronger. It, it very well might. I feel like a lot of the time it makes my teeth stronger too, but... 
you never really know. <laughs> I guess I won't. Because you keep on brushing. I know. Uh, well, after we got back, we uh, we asked Estelle and Emmy to share some of their favorite memories. And even though they're both in the studio right now, what we did is we, while the memories were fresh, we recorded them. So we'd like to share some of those memories with you now of, uh, of our Candyland memories. <laughs> I started eating the pillows. I was in, I was sleeping. I just started chewing on the pillows, and then I realized that I could just eat them like a straight eating all the pillows. And I started eating all the blankets because they were made out of top. around like licking and eating things or remember any of that when you licked the floor? Ooh, and I started looking licking the spiders and eating the worms. Yeah, that was also a point. Yeah, that was really cool. Like, like, you guys dare me to eat this. And I was like, no, I don't. I don't dare you And I was like eating all the crystals and light bulbs. Oh man, good times, good times in Candyland. Although it, it was it was pretty cold and uncomfortable without all the pillows and blankets, I got it. Mm-hmm. That was a little. That was, a little that was the best part. <laughs> we, the recorders were still working for our big excursion day, where we decided to go on a big picnic up on what they have. They have uh, the Big Rock Candy Mountains, which I think is marketed for tourists. But you know, it's still it was a great adventure for us. Um, so we got in an old uh, an old uh, candy car. Yeah, it was it was very very bizarre. Yeah, you bring a picnic blanket, but you don't really bring a picnic because you just kind of graze and eat whatever you're around, including the blanket. Yeah, and the car, as long as you're not like eating the the really important parts. So we we had our mics going live, and so here we are. Um, here's us on our excursion on the planet Urgot, heading up to the Candy Mountains. Have a listen. Guys, we are way up here. Look, look at what you can see. You can see all the way across the forest. I can see the caramel swamp and the huge salt leather. I'm really glad we're driving the other way. Did anyone bring a camera? Did you bring a camera? I did. I bring my chocolate camera, which I already ate. Ah. But I have another one. It's tricky when you can eat everything. You I have end up another eating one made of the goodness. Okay, good. But just don't eat. Don't eat it. Okay, I got the pictures here. They're real pictures. I made them to Hey, are they not made out of candy? Oh, and yeah, they did taste kind of bad. Okay, I'll just take one. No, I wasn't ready for that. Okay, Thanks. here, my I'll put those in my pocket and I'll eat my camera. camera. Yeah, okay, now finish your camera. Well, hey, okay. we've made it. Let's, uh, let's unload the picnic stuff and let's go uh, hike around for a little bit.
we'll just sit there. I've already eaten a bite out of it. How, how's the mountain? It's so good. I'll put some on it. Yeah. Uh, licorice, I'll just have a wine yeah. licorice. That's great. Thanks. Um, Ow! Do you guys, do you feel that? Something just hit me on the head. Oh, my face. Emmy, hold your hand out. There's gummy bear. Oh, there's a gummy bear. It's raining gummy bear. It's a gummy bear rainstorm. Oh. I was going to say, let's get back in the car, but this is... Awesome! Just hold your mouth apart. Yeah, but uh, they're delicious. Oh man! I got a pretty flavor. Alright, alright, okay, fine. We've, I think we've got enough gummy bears. We'll, we'll load up. We'll load up. We'll drive back. Who knew that whoever wrote that song had been to the planet Ergen? But it all makes sense now. Yeah, completely. And yeah. It, what amazes me is that interdimensional travel has been available for so long. And really, yeah. it's, a, it's a really, like, the best kept secret. Yeah, so I think someone just needs to, like, really figure out her marketing game a little bit better. I'm glad that she's one of our sponsors, though. Um, so the only other piece that we were able to record of this entire vacation, ladies and gentlemen, was this very next piece because we were headed to a dimension where... Um, all of our electronics, all of the technology that we had was going to run into some very unexpected problems because fairy magic does not work well with modern electronics. We found out much too late. Um, but here is the last audio piece we have of the morning where we needed to get back to our teleportation portal so that we could make our dimensional jump. And here is what that sounded like. Oh, well, I'm so tired. Let's get out of this planet with no... Coffee? What kind of dimension doesn't have coffee? I don't know. What even time is it? Oh my goodness! We're supposed to teleport in like 10 minutes, you guys. We gotta get down to that platform. Hey, everybody, get, get your clothes out and grab a handful of candy. Let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Perfect, okay. Yeah, everybody check. Do you have your crystal? Everybody got the crystal? Okay. Just got the packet. Grab the bag. And let's go. Let's go. I want to go find candy. Good job. Is that your pocket, girl? This is the last candy you're going to eat. We made it. We made it. All right, out here. Watch it counting down. One hit five, four, three, two, five, four, five. And then, Stella, do you want to tell people about where we ended up next? Because um, the way that it worked was we went to the Emmy's choice first, and I think your choice was second. Yeah. Uh, it was Fairyland. Uh, I've wanted to go there for a long time. Yeah. Uh, because I have a fairy door in my room. Right. Um, your relationship with fairies goes back so long. There's that. We, yeah. We've read fairy books before, since before you could actually read, and then once you started to read, you read even more fairy books. Yeah, I was really, really excited about this opportunity for Stella to get to possibly interact or maybe even meet some fairies that she's known for a while. Absolutely. 
But we made the jump and we showed up. And in typical Papa fashion, I completely forgot. We were having so much fun in Candyland. And we were running late in yeah, the morning were, of our... Definitely. And I, uh, I completely forgot yet again to read the information that we were supposed to read as Earthlings showing up in a new dimension. Mm-hmm. Oops. So uh, we showed up and um, there were a bunch of caution and warning signs all around. Like, don't move, don't move, don't move. And we, we didn't know. And then I, I pulled this out and we read it and some things started to make sense. So I'll read you guys the notes so that you can understand what it's like to show up. In dimension 2208075-9, the planet Lucidal, a.k.a. Fairyland. Um, for Earthlings, uh, if you're taller than six inches, which means everybody, be warned, you'll need to undergo a changing spell as soon as you arrive. The fairy folk don't want giants tromping all over their gardens and forests and cities. That makes sense. Once you've been changed, feel free to fly to your place of lodging. Yes, fly, you'll have fairy wings. And that is actually true. Um, and they're not as easy to use as you might expect, folks. Um, it says here on the sheet, they don't come with instructions. It can be a bit tricky, particularly if it's a windy day. Things that you should know. Fairy folk live on a diet of almost exclusively dewdrops and flower nectar. You may want to pack some snacks. Uh, once again, information that came a little bit too late. And fairies don't drink coffee either. <laughs> not at all. Man, Jenny and I were having a hard time at this point in the vacation, ladies and gentlemen. We'll call it a detox. <laughs> you could definitely call it that. All of everything on Lufidal is accomplished by fairy magic, so there's no plugs for anything because everything runs on magic powers. Bring extra batteries and charge your phones before you get there. Didn't do that either. Um, you'll need to learn some simple spells in order to do the basic things. It's a good idea to book Spell lessons. The lights in the hotel room won't turn on if we don't learn a light spell. The water for the sink and the shower, drinking fountains, bathrooms, only response to water spells, etc. Um, yeah, so that, that proved a little bit of a problem until we got our lessons together. Things to be careful of. Goblins. They're a consistent problem. Uh, there's lots of other fantastical creatures around. Avoid the nets, the jars. Lots of people like to catch fairies. Um, and make sure that you get a uh, spell cast on you back at the teleportation portal back to normal size before you teleport because getting back to your normal size is nearly impossible without free magic. Right. So these are these were all details that I was very glad to know, but it also kind of made um, made for a little a little bit more excitement, a little bit more. See, in, you know, I'm so glad I could provide that for everybody. <laughs> You're welcome. Nobody thanked me for the extra excitement. They just said, "I can't believe you didn't read any of this before we got here." Because you think you're going to this this beautiful place and, and you're not thinking about the kinds of dangers or even the fact that you have to actually get um, shrink in size yeah. and then get changed back to normal size before right. getting before departing. Well, also, you know, just chalk it up to rookie dimensional uh, vacationing. You know, totally, totally. Next time we'll be ready. Right. Um, so when we got back, Stella and Emmy... Um, shared some of their memories of their fairyland travel. So we'll, we'll play those for you now. We were able to record those back at home. Emmy, I was really amazed at how quickly you learned your spells. You learned uh, the, the, the rainbow spells to make more rainbows than in the summer. Yes. Lightning spells to make the pants glow. And the water spells 
water casting spell yeah. so that you could water the plants in the garden. I, I tried the spell and it like worked the first time I tried it. Uh, I learned the monarch spell to make my body actually look like a monarch. I learned the spell to make my whole body rainbow color. Yes. And like I could fly down the rainbow on a Oh man, that was a, that was a really incredible time. And when I say magical time, I think that's kind of like it's a little bit of a of a saying. But when you're actually learning how to do magic, I gotta admit, I was not as good at magic as I always hoped I would be. But watching our kids like really take to it, it was really. Just a wonderful time. I highly recommend it. If you're a dimensional traveler out there with some imaginative kids, head on over to the planet Lucidal. You know. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no. I was just going to say that, um, interestingly enough, what I what I observed was that the planet Lucidal is, is actually very much um, appears to be like a like a cottage garden, really. I yeah. mean, I mean, you we shrink down to fairy size, and it just feels. I felt. I just really felt like I was at home in my own garden. Everything scales with you. It mm-hmm. would have been really weird to go around our normal size. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, when we came back, we were so taken with uh, the fairylands, and because none of our recording equipment worked, we asked Selma, said, hey, Selma, do you have anything from the fairylands that we can play for people oh, at yeah, home? I forgot that you got this. And she did. So uh, we had gone to spell lessons at uh, Autumn's uh, Spell Academy, and she had a commercial for Autumn's Spell Academy, and she sent it home with us. And this is incredible. We're going to play it for you. This is what fairies sound like to us if you just try and play a fairy commercial on the air. Right. Right. You can you can hear how that it it sounds like an insect. So it's very hard to understand. Very hard to understand, and just like this buzzing, some mosquito-like sounds. That if this were flying in your ear, yeah, you've probably been gardening before, and you heard something like this, and probably brushed it away. I oh, hope I'm, you didn't injure any fairies. Yes. Um, well, luckily, here at the studio, we've got all kinds of technology that we can plug this into to try and slow it down, because I'd love to, for people to actually hear what this sounds like. Um, so we're going to just take a pass through some stuff here. I'm going to just uh, make some adjustments, push some buttons, and uh, here we go. Here. Uh, here it is again, slowed down. No, I didn't slow it down enough. Yeah, you Sorry. have to Sorry, run that. I'm going to slow it down yet one more time. You can almost understand it. It's getting closer. Uh, here we go. Oh, that's nice. I think we might have got it this time. Welcome to the Magic 2.0.756-9 and the Planet Blue Beetle. I'm Autumn, and you're invited to join me at my Magical Spell Academy for tourists. It can be difficult for you non-fairies to get around here without the basic spells, so as quickly as you can, you need to come here and learn. Light bells. How else will you turn on the lights in your hotel room? Or the lamps for an evening Pegasus carriage ride? Water spells. If you're interested in cleanliness, and we fairies most certainly are, flying lessons. Flying with fairy wings is not easy for everyone, particularly grown-ups. If you're interested in more advanced courses and have the time, we'd love to teach you to charm and enchant favorite trinkets and jewels. They make for wonderful gifts for friends back home. It's also wonderful to learn language spells, as you can then head off and speak to the known people, the woodlands, 
bright as ants if you're quite green, to the more exotic and rare of planet Lucidus creatures. Please come and visit. You'll enjoy your stay ever so much more if you do. Autumn's Magical Spell Academy for Tourists. Enjoy Fairyland like a local. There you go. We did experience Fairyland like locals. I mean, clearly we weren't locals. Yeah, and it, in fact, it's changed my experience of a watering and being attentive in my own garden. I would say. I would say. Speaking of things that really changed perspectives, so uh, we we were we all had our crystals on still. Uh, Jenny and I were in real bad shape because we hadn't had coffee for over four days now. But we were going to the next dimension, and hope sprang eternal, and we were going to go to the next dimension, which was, and this was Jenny's choice. She, she explained to someone what she wanted. So maybe, Jenny, you can introduce this next part about when we went to, uh, to the dimension of your choosing. Right. Well, I was just really looking for something that was a little bit grounding. I just needed something very restorative, some self-care. I was thinking, I was looking for some, seeking some mama time. Yeah. And I... I particularly enjoy forests, and I wanted to go into the, into the deep, m- mystical woods yeah. and commune with the forest creatures and with nature. And um, I just had this vision of sitting on a a stump and um, and taking in all the wisdom that the forest had to offer. Which is funny, because when you said self-care, originally Selma came right back, and she's like, oh, I know exactly where you want to go. All of the trees, like the ends of the branches end in these little knobs, and they just massage you automatically. And like it was like a very, like, uh, it was like a spa planet where all these natural growths did. But that wasn't it. That wasn't what it was No, not, be. not quite. We ended up, uh, ladies and gentlemen, in a place called uh, the planet Fev, and uh, in true geo fashion, I forgot to read anything until we got there, and it was a little bit of a shock. But here is uh, what they have to say about FCOMM-45, the planet Fev, uh, alternate dimension. Things to know, animals on this planet, they look similar to Earth, but they're incredibly intelligent, and they all speak. Um, so we were able to talk to all of the animals. The weirdest part about this was the hotel. The hotel was not really a hotel. It was actually... Yeah, I wasn't even prepared for this This, was, this was difficult. I wish we had read about this. Anyway, there's these creatures called uh, runes, and it's spelled R-U-U-M-S, but it just sounds like runes. And what you did is you walked inside of these creatures. They were gigantic. They were as big as hotels would be on this planet, and they had many, 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 many stomachs. The stomachs were fully furnished, and the rooms apparently feed off of the waste products of the guests, and that is how they survive. And then with the fully furnished rooms, you, you really feel like you're in a hotel until you have to walk in and out of the mouth of the creature to get there. It was a little off-putting, but quite exciting. <laughs> oh, that's neither here nor there. Jenny, if you would, uh, if, I don't know if, if the experience is there, if you have anything that you want to bring back and share with the, uh, the audience. Well, so I... While the the family was checking into the rooms, and once everybody got settled, I knew Stella wanted um, Stella linked up with a, a deer, and she was having this sweet, lovely conversation with a fawn. And um, Gio was tired. The family was we were just hanging out. Not so much tired as just needing coffee. Again, the, the animals, all natural foods. It was a lot of raw meat, a lot of raw vegetables. Definitely no coffee. And so. I took this time to to go off, and the first thing I wanted to do was find the wolves, um, and and I did, and they 
invited me in and, and um, I got to talk to them. They were at rest at this point and they shared with me a lot of their wisdom of the pack. And what I learned from the wolves and it really is that family is first, right? They care for each other. They stand up for each other. They respect each other and the unique role that, role that each individual wolf has in the pack. They care for their sick and for the nursing mothers and the young ones who are unable to leave the den and hunt. The wolves will go hunting and they bring food back for those unable to hunt. They are loyal. They'll defend the members of their pack from intruders and they always keep the best interests of the family in mind, respectfully following the direction of their leader. You know, um, I think it was Rudyard Kipling that said, the strength of the pack is the wolf. The strength of the wolf is the pack. So it's a really all-for-one, one-for-all mentality. And I thought that that was really beautiful. So, beautiful. so upon returning, it, I, the takeaway, I feel like, really is um, if someone is struggling in your community, a good thing is to hunt and bring them raw meat. Yeah. And then um, if, if you have uh, somebody who is um, trying to attack your family, uh, attack you, or, or hurt your loved ones, then a, a good thing is to grab them by the throat. Whoa, whoa, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Huh? Yeah, uh, good lessons, and I think there's a lot to be gleaned from the lives of wolves. Um, but, you know, we don't have fangs. I think... I think metaphorically, I think there's a lot to be learned here from the wolf. That's really beautiful, Jenny. Especially about the raw meat. I think uh, hopefully people can understand that on a more metaphorical level. Thank you, Gio. You know, I, I asked the wolves if they would take me to find the eagles because I, I just had this vision of the being with the bald eagles and, and perhaps um, learning something from them. And, and so they... I followed the wolf pack up high onto this uh, ridge where there was an eagle's nest, and I sat with this uh, mother eagle, and she was sitting on her eggs, and um, I learned from them that it is important to see things with a much larger perspective. You know, eagles can fly higher than any other birds. I didn't And so, so this idea of having this grand vision. And yet, um, to accomplish something, they have a super clear focus, and they attack their, attack their problems directly, right? They, they're not just up there enjoying the scenery. That Seeing everything doesn't overwhelm them. They can spot their prey from three miles away, and then the eagle will dive down on it with clear direction and determination, and its sharp talons cling to, to whatever it is that it wants to grab hold of, and um, with, with a fierce grip, and it's just remarkable how much that, you know, how, what precise focus and determination and vision that the eagle has. And so, really, I think the takeaway is that um, if you are confronting something, if you're, lo- if you're confronting a challenge, right, get, s- step away from it, you know, get, get, get some distance and um, bird's go. Bird's eye view, so to speak. Exactly, yeah. see? And so, so get that bird's eye view, step away from it, and just um, go fishing, yeah. really. 
yeah. I think that that's the that's the important takeaway there. Yeah, and and I think just to be really clear, you can fish with a fishing pole. You don't need to fish with your talons, right. especially in this dimension. Right. Jenny went a little bit native on us. It was mm-hmm. uh, it was really exciting to see her and and just totally in her element there. Really a wonderful, really a wonderful thing. Um, the rest of us met uh, the animals that were more at our level. I hung out with some uh, rhinoceros. I really, really enjoyed them. They were just uh, real grumbly and just kind of like moseying around. And um, I think uh, I think we all came away with, uh, with a lot of wisdom and um, a lot of hunger. And it was a little weird because animals don't mind going to the bathroom anywhere. So they didn't have any public restrooms. It was it took a little while before I felt comfortable um Right, and, and, and with so many anywhere. creatures communing in in one space, you have to kind of learn the customs and the the ways of each different creature. So, and you, and you just don't know: am am I to behave like a human in this situation, or when the the animal comes up and, and sniffs me in the behind to to say hello? Am I to follow suit? No, no, no. And, it was yeah. And it was it was awkward. Sometimes. You know, a little awkward. There's but always a learning curve in dimensional travel. Now we know. Yeah. We made it, thankfully. We all had our, our blue crystals, and we all made it to our next dimension, which was dimension 77774EU7, which was the planet Valiance. Now, finally, finally, folks, I knew we were going to get coffee, because one of the things I made very clear to Selma when I said, can we find a dimension that has, like, swords, maybe some lasers, dragons, and coffee? Right. There is something to be said for knowing what you want and and. Yeah. And speaking it. Yeah. And so she she was like, I, I got a spot. And she, I think she really recommended I read up on it. And I, I didn't, you know, until we got there, which was too bad. You know, <laughs> right, right when we got there, it said, things to consider. I'm just going to read off of the sheet here uh, that she gave us. Uh, Planet Valiance is an absolutely dangerous place to go. Never go there with your family. That was the first line. And I thought, ooh. Yeah, yeah, too late. There you go. So I get. It turns out that the planet Valiance has a bunch of little castles spotted all around, all over it, and uh, the people in the castles are always ready for fighting because the dragons are attacking on a daily basis. So there's plenty of dragon sex, which is extremely exciting. And I get one of my proudest Papa moments from this vacation was watching Stella and Emmy with their jetpacks and their laser rifles just fighting that dragon off with the best of them. Hey, girls, you guys did a great job. Yeah, they're over there drawn now. They're really nonplussed, but it was a great experience. And for me, it was one of the one of the most proud moments I've ever had. Um, I would say that for me, it was a little bit um, I'd say anxiety inducing. It was extremely anxiety you know, inducing. Yeah, not restored. You know, speaking of anxiety, it was the last place we we're going to go, and when we woke up in the morning and we had to make it for our. Uh, our, our dimensional jump back home. Guess who didn't have his crystal? <laughs> I didn't. Oh man, uh, the girls all had theirs. Yeah, I'm always getting stuck places. But right. what happened is in the dragon battle the day before, when we were all just flying like crazy, I kind of got tangled up in a tree. I haven't. I didn't figure the jetpack thing out very well. Um, I it guess it's similar. Fell out then. We could have. We could have seen that coming because the fairy wings really uh, threw you off too. Flying. Not, I think it had something to do with how tall you are. It's not my natural environment. So what I ended up doing, I had to figure out. I had to figure out how to get back, ladies and gentlemen. And um, in order to get back, uh, the first thing that I did was um, I had to go back to the tree that I got tangled up in um, because my family made the dimensional jump back home, and I was stuck. And so I thought, okay, well, this is this is going to be a problem. 
but hopefully not a big problem, you know? It was hard meeting you, actually. For, I mean, just to, just to throw that out there, like, me standing on this, uh, you know, launching pad, we're about to teleport, and Geo doesn't have his necklace. And you can imagine uh, the, the small family crisis. Yeah. We were having oh, but in that know, moment. We, we tried to play it off real quick, like, it's going to be fine. Um, because once again, I just wasn't. Don't worry, kids. It's going to be great. I'll see you guys in a little bit. Well, what I did is I, I opened up my uh, my emergency pack that Selma sent us off with, and uh, I was trying to figure out what, what had happened. Uh, and in the packet that Selma gave us, it said, um, if you miss a dimensional jump, don't worry about it. Oh, that's great. Just get yourself to the teleportation portal as soon as you can with your crystal. And I thought, oh, rats. It might take a minute, but she'd be able to bring you back if I had my crystal. But if you lose your crystal, this is what it says in the thing. Hope you enjoy where you are, because you're going to be there until that crystal shows up. Well, I knew I had to go out and find my crystal. So I got my armor on, I got my jetpack on, I grabbed my sword, I grabbed my, my laser rifle, and I headed out into the very dangerous world of Planet Valiance. And I went right over those war-torn fields, over to the twisted old tree I got tangled up in. No crystal. But there were signs of something. There were some footprints. So I followed the footprints. And there, waddling over the muddy fields, was a tiny little lizardy thing. It was about the same size of, as a dog, and it had my crystal around its neck. And I could see the blue light of the crystal shining on it. And I thought, oh, no problem. This is a, a little guy. Look at all this armor I've got. I'm just going to follow him for a minute. Hopefully I won't have to, like, you know, kill him, and I could just wait for him to take a snooze pluck the crystal right off of his neck and then I'm home. No problem. I was I was like basically imagining that I was back home already as I was just following the little guy when all of a sudden glomp my little lizard wearing my crystal was eaten up in one bite by a huge bird thing. And like gone. My crystal was in its belly. So I of course I had to fly after it. So I blast off in my jetpack. And this thing is so big, you guys. It's like it's as big as a cow. I don't know what it was called. It had a huge beak. A beak big enough to eat a dog sized thing in one bite. A wingspan as big as a school bus. I didn't know what I would do when I finally caught up to it, but I had to follow it. It had my ticket home. So I know that we've gone over that I'm not a very good flyer at this point. It was not easy keeping up with this guy, but somehow I did it. And finally, finally, we, we landed on a rocky outcropping way high up in these craggy mountains that I had only seen from the castle walls. And it was huge. But I had my armor, had my rifle, had my sword, and I was thinking, okay, I just, I just got to get in there, give it what for, get that crystal back. And I was really pumping myself up, and I was just, I stepped out from behind the rock I was hiding behind, I was going to charge it, and just then, jump! a huge mountain rock troll grabs it, swallows it in one bite. One bite. Do you know how big something has to be to swallow a cow-sized flying thing in one bite? Huge! That is the answer. This rock troll licked its lips and just started heading down the mountain. I had, I had no idea what to do with this. What am I supposed to do? It was like watching a, an office building crash its way down a mountain. What was I going to... What, what am I going to do about this thing? What's a laser rifle going to do against a giant tower of hungry rock troll? Maybe it just tickles. I don't know. I thought about our buddy Blue, our correspondent Blue, and all of his troll advice, because he's, he's always on and on about trolls. And I thought, oh, maybe I can get it to come out in the daytime and turn it to stone, but it was already stone, and it was already daytime. I knew that wasn't going to work. I couldn't butt it off a bridge like the Billy Goats grub. I was kind of out of ideas. I was just following it down the mountain because I knew I had to stay close to my crystal. 
I didn't know what else to do, so I was just about to test out a few laser blasts on the thing just to see what would happen when. Oh my goodness! Out of the sky, like a ton of red bricks, a huge, enormous, absolutely monster sized red dragon. And it swallows the rock troll up in one fiery bite. And this is way too big. Imagine a four story building. Okay, now imagine a mouth big enough to swallow a four-story building in one bite. And now imagine a neck and a body and the wings that are going to be attached to a mouth that big. I'm telling you, even with all the dragon drawing that I have done, all the reading, the studying, the dreaming and imagining of dragons, I was completely unprepared for a dragon this big. And it flew off, of course. But I had to follow it. It has my crystal. Luckily, it was pretty easy to follow since it was so gigantic. It was like following a cruise ship. And it flew pretty slow and lazy. It was probably full from that rock troll, I'm guessing. You know, it was pretty big. Well, and the rock troll had eaten all the other stuff. Right. I mean, it had eaten the equivalent of the lizard and the bird and the rock troll in one bite. So, yeah, he was flying slow enough for me to catch up. Um, I, I stayed behind it, and then I watched the dragon as it went into a giant, deep cave. I just sat down outside the cave. I didn't know what I was going to do. Maybe I could wait for it to fall asleep. Somehow find a way to like sneak in, but then how am I going to get the crystal? Even if I kill it, how am I going to find a crystal inside of a dragon? Inside of a troll, inside of a bird, in yeah. or on a lizard. I know. How long does it take a dragon to digest? I wonder if they're like pythons and they only. I I don't. I'm kind of. Well, you're about to find out. Um, so just as I was beginning to lose hope, just as I was beginning to give up that I would ever see my crystal again, I heard a lumbering from the cave. I ducked down behind some bushes. The dragon came out. I was hiding. It stepped a few dragon steps away from the entrance to the cave, and then it squatted down. And then, ladies and gentlemen, it pooped. <laughs> oh my goodness. Remember how big this thing was? It was the most incredible sight, sound, and smell. I can't really describe it or do it justice here on the radio. It was unbelievable. The dragon lets out this big fiery sigh, and then it walks back into the cave. And the giant pile of poop is like an oven. It's so hot. The inside of dragons must be really hot. And it's huge. And it's a mountain. And then I see, glowing, in the middle of this pile, a little dim blue glow. My crystal! It's got to be my crystal. I'm kind of wishing that it wasn't, but I really think that it is. Well, what are you, what are you going to do? you got to get home. I think that um, the, our radio listeners should know that the smiles on our Emmy and Stella's faces, um, just thinking, just smiling with oh, anticipation man. of the thought of their uh, father having like, to uh, retrieve like, their, his crystal like, from dragon poop is best, pretty hysterical. The best saying that I can think of for what I had to go through is like, you know the saying, a needle in a haystack. Uh-huh. It's kind of like that, only it was a poop stack. Oh. Anyway. I don't usually use this type of bathroom language. You know, it's not it's not normal. But this, this is real I'm life. I'm trying to explain what happened and I'm, how the yeah. trial... Crystal in a poop sack. <laughs> That's exactly crystal in a poop sack, which is the new saying around the house. Like finding a crystal in a poop sack. Feel free to use it at home. Anyway, I'm, I'm not going to explain what it actually took to find it. I'm not going to take you through that because that's my own 
burden and cross to bear for the rest of my life. And but, we're not going to talk about but what Geo smelled like Look, when he was teleported the important thing, back to The important thing is that I got my crystal back, Earth. and I made it back to the teleportation chamber, and I was able to make the dimensional jump back home in time for us to show up here to do the radio show. Well, and, um, you smell that. well, yeah. I mean, I I've had I've taken a lot of showers. I'm probably gonna have to take a lot more showers. Just make sure you clean under your fingernails. <laughs> but that was my uh, my experience heading out to the um, the Planet Valleys. And uh, girls, I don't know if, if you guys had any other memories that you wanted to share about our crazy castle, Dragon Planet. I guess I do. Yeah. So, what would you like to share about that? That you. I, I was. I think the main reason I was happy. I, I mean, aside I from getting I, I just don't get it. I don't get one thing. That, that you wish that your crystal was not in the poop. Because like if it pooped out your crystal and it still had all the other things, you could be happy that your crystal was not digested. I am so glad that whatever the magical properties of dimensional crystals are, they don't get digested, even in the belly of a giant red dragon. And I, I don't want to have to. Or boiled. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, and I bet that they don't gi- digest things, they just boil them. I, I think that's probably how it works. It was, um, you know, maybe one day, maybe one day I'll make a documentary about it. And you guys can all watch <laughs> it happen in real time. Um, but, uh, sad thing, I, I, I'm so glad we got to share this experience with you. Because you were there when we had the idea, and uh, you got to be there with us as we had our interdimensional vacation last week. And um, it was a great time. Uh, I hope you had a, a good time being on the adventure with us as we shared it with you today. But um, it's about time for us to, to get going. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, happy summertime. Yes. And Dro- Drop uh, us an email if you want to get some uh, contact information for Selma and our interdimensional travel agency. If you have any ideas for a new dimension, yeah. then you send them to us, please, or draw a picture. Yeah. Of a of a dimension that we've never traveled to before, and and we'll travel there. I think it'd be pretty great. Yeah. Um. There it is. That's the telltale sign. And that music means, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, this small town adventure is going out for coffee. Yes, absolutely. It's been so long, and it's so good to be back home. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Benedettiville's Small Town Adventures on KPCA-LP, Petaluma, California, 103.3 FM. And Benedettiville is Geo, Jen, Stella, and Emmeline Benedetti. All the stories and silliness that you heard on this episode were written and created by Benedettiville. The music you heard this afternoon was created by Benedettiville and Pete Seeger, that Big Rock Candy Mountain. That was the John Kirk and Trish Miller version right there that we heard. Um, thank you so much to Jared, John, and Rob down here at PCA for making the radio thing happen. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Selma's Interdimensional Travel Agency, for inspiring an entire adventure. And we want to hear from you, so please send us your story ideas, bits of local news, or just drop us a line and say hi. Our email address is mail at benedettiville.com, and our P.O. Box is located at the Mail Depot in downtown Petaluma. That's P.O. Box 336 at the Mail Depot, 44th Street in Petaluma, 94952. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a complete pleasure. We will see you next week. Keep an eye out for our workshops that we're doing this summer at the Petaluma Arts Center. You can go to their website and find out how to get involved and create a radio show with us. We'd love to see you. Take care, everybody.